Welcome to the Smoke Break. I'm your host, your old pal Zane, here with Zoe Schwartz. Hello. And Mac McGee. Hi, everybody. Mac McGee is a uh, a comedian and a school counselor. And uh, yeah, tell us a little bit about the show that you're starting up. Yeah, so I have a new show. It's called Queer AF Comedy. It's a variety show. So we have um, queer comics, musicians, and storytellers. Um, it's going to Yeah, it's going to be every first Saturday at Covert Cafe. Okay, excellent. Starting next month, right? Next month, January 6th, Insurrection Day. That's right. <laughs> what, a, what hell of an anniversary. Like, next year is going to be amazing. Uh, <laughs> that sounds cool, though. I like I like the idea of a variety show. I feel like there should be more. Yeah, especially with like a queer focus. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, thank you for doing that. We appreciate your service. Yeah. Oh, for sure. I know a lot of really cool like trans hardcore musicians. So oh, I, like, cool. I, I want to give them a place to do yes. their thing, too. Nice. That's super dope. That's super come. dope. Yeah. Yes, well, I'm please. looking forward to it. So uh, this week we're going to be talking a little bit about relationship styles. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Uh, polyamory not uh, monogamy almost called polyamory non-monogamy <laughs> they're like the same thing right uh i think they might be they overlap there's yes. a Venn diagram yes. right? um what's what's been your experience with that yeah so um i'm actually coming out of a divorce recently okay um so i was married for about eight years and my we were monogamous mm-hmm. um, my partner transitioned during our marriage mm-hmm. and then she asked to be polyamorous okay mm-hmm. uh and it was really hard for me mm-hmm. um to be honest and we ended up breaking up, you know, Uh um, partially because of the polyamory. Yeah. But I actually continued being polyamorous after the divorce. Um, she actually found someone and now is monogamous. Oh, weird. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> right? I know. I'm like, come on. But <laughs> interesting though. Oh, oh, yeah. Of all the ways that things could end up. That's interesting. Yeah. What's yeah. Uh, What do you think kind of like spawned that for, for you at least? Um, you yeah. know, I got into some relationships that really mattered to me and those people were polyamorous. And I think just logically it did make sense mm. to me. Yeah. Um, I understand that I can't get like everything that I need from one romantic relationship. Yes. So it was kind of nice to like have a variety, you know, like I had my person that would stay home and play video games yes. with me and my person that would go out with me. That's yeah. super funny that you yeah, say like that it. because in my mind, that was like the example of polyamory. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, I need a video game person and then I need a go out and yeah. do things person because yeah. sometimes a video game person doesn't like to go out. Yeah. Yeah. Vice versa. Well, I want to know more about like how you went from not being okay with it to being okay with it. Cause I think, cause I feel the same way. I think logically, I, I think it makes a lot of sense in a lot of ways, but I emotionally, because of like what I've been conditioned and then also like tra- the trauma of trying to be monogamous and it not always working or feeling safe for some one reason or another. Mm-hmm. I wonder like, yeah, I'm curious how you went from it not feeling right to sort of liking it or having it yeah. be the way you are now. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's a really good question. Um, I would say that, For me, I think I'm still figuring out how to deepen my intimacy in polyamorous relationships because I think where it's easy for me is if I'm a little detached from everybody. Sure. (laughs) And I'm just kind of like, I'm doing me and these people can come along for the ride. That's how I feel with friends. That's how I feel with friends. (laughs) It seems healthy. Like we should be focused on ourselves more in a lot of ways when when it comes to relationships, I think, right? It feels good. Yeah. I mean, what was hard is when I was trying to have deep, intimate relationships and then scheduling became a nightmare where I was losing time for myself. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I think moving away from that and just being like going with the flow and Mm -hmm. seeing what feels good has been how I've worked with polyamory so far, doing me. That's interesting that you guys switched like the like kind of role or, you know, 
wanting to and not wanting to or yeah yeah definitely i mean i've i've definitely had like you know monogamous relationships in the past and stuff like that but like the the place that like i saw where there was uh like a disconnect was often like you know the things that we enjoyed doing because like me i'm 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 video game boyfriend right you know mm-hmm. like i like to i like to hang out be at the house you know i do like to go out but like i don't want to be the go out person mm-hmm. you know so that's mm-hmm. always that's that's always been a little bit different difficult for me and it's it it does seem kind of unfair to expect one person to be everything Mm -hmm. so uh what's been your experience of of like kind of dispersing that i guess expectation maybe of like one person being everything Mm -hmm. yeah i mean i think for me what i've been figuring out is like i have friends that fill that role too yes yeah super important and i don't like necessarily need romantic relationships all the time like i i do have like sexual needs like i'm a very horny person so i have that piece (laughs) yeah right relatable you have to cover those pieces yeah um (laughs) But yeah, I feel like I, I have my person that I see on the weekends. It's more like my actually like plays video games with me and goes go. out with me. So that's mm-hmm. nice. There you yeah. go. <laughs> and then I kind of just have people in the rotation that I hit up like once a week, every other week, whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's kind of like if they want to go along with me with whatever I'm doing, like I want to come see an open mic or come mm-hmm. to my show. You yeah. know, like I'm doing this. You can come if you want to. Yeah. yeah. You yeah. know. Well, and I, I like that a little bit more of like I'm doing this is where I'm going to be. If you'd like to join me this. Mm-hmm where you can find me as mm-hmm. opposed to like you're my partner you should be here at all of these things did it you know that's that's always just seems you know and uh, like an unnecessary amount of pressure to put on somebody yeah. yeah and pressure to put on like a connection that you have with someone too like you said like someone being everything it's like mm-hmm. not really that realistic but that's kind of what monogamy I mean, I think like maybe if monogamy, if we did value like friendships more, but I think our culture mm-hmm. values yes. intimate relationships so much that like monogamous relationships often become unhealthy because we don't realize how important it is yeah. to not expect everything from our partner. But mm-hmm. I yeah. think it's cool that like it could be both kind of, you know? Yeah. No, and I definitely experienced that with monogamy. Like I I think I had rose colored glasses with my marriage. Um, mm-hmm. It was really great. And I do still love her a lot. Like we still yeah. talk. That's awesome. Um, but I definitely put a lot of like all my eggs in that basket. Like yes. I would stay in and hang out with her and like not hang out with friends. I wasn't pursuing comedy when we were married, you know? Yeah. So it has opened my life up a little bit. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. I would say like my last like monogamous relationship, it's it's the, the pressure was put on that person to be everything because I didn't have healthy friendships mm-hmm. because I was like, I was like, you're going to be my girlfriend and my best friend and my video game partner. And the, and it's just like, that's, that's not, you know, like I, I need to be able to fill these needs in different places as, mm-hmm. as opposed to, you know, hoping that one person can just do all that. Yeah. Well, yeah. And like your relationship with yourself, like I feel like is a big part of it too. And Definitely. I think like, I feel like also that's another reason why I think like logically some sort of non-traditional or non-monogamous relationship does sort of forces us to like have a better relationship with ourselves because Mm -hmm. we have to deal with like jealousy and needs and all these ways that like sort of make us more responsible. I mean, obviously Mm -hmm. you could be like a dick and make everybody else responsible, but it seems more complicated, you know, when there's more people involved. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I just think like the idea of sort of being forced to like have a healthier relationship with yourself through the fact that like you're choosing not to look for everything through an intimate partner necessarily, yeah. mm-hmm. you know? So I think what's, what's been your experience with like, yeah. uh, you know, monogamy and things like that. Um, I've mostly been in monogamous relationships, but I've only been in like three or four like serious relationships in my life. I've done a lot of like dating, you know, and stuff like that, but it was usually like one sided or, you know, like one person wanted more or the other. And like, yeah. I'm actually dating somebody right now who doesn't live here. And mm-hmm. so we are kind of exploring like some version of an open relationship. Sure. And it's weird. Yeah, because I'm like, I start when it started off, I was like, yeah, whatever. And then now I'm like, oh, no, I really like this person. Like, how am I going to navigate this? Yeah. I think us not being in the same place 
is a big part of like why I think it's okay. You know, like why mm. I think I, it's yeah, important. It's working. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because then it's like, like it's just unrealistic to be like, we see each other once every couple of months, which is great, you know, but like, uh, you know. I need you to be committed to me during all those times. Yeah, it mm-hmm. just feels like, um, you know, I think like eventually maybe I could be in a monogamous relationship again. I think I would always want like some sort of primary partner, probably. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's... it's kind of the, but I could be wrong. I'm just dipping my toe in right now. Yeah. So, but I, that's kind of the sense I get is like, I, I but I do think it makes a lot of sense to, like, it, it makes a lot of sense as far as like a healthy connection goes mm-hmm. to not expect a relationship to provide everything. I think it's especially like mental health wise too, you know, yeah. like, mm-hmm. I think because relationships like have been like some of the happiest things in my life. And then also some of the most tragic, like hard things to get over. And yeah, I would really so like to be totally. able to bounce back quicker when like yeah. a connection doesn't succeed. And I think when you have more options or you, you know, function in a way where there's yeah. more options, it probably allows you to, let go of that like well, attachment I, quicker. Maybe I, I feel like you know maybe you know like there's there's those times where like we message somebody and if that person doesn't message us back we're like oh well then I guess nobody's messaging me back you mm-hmm. know so mm-hmm. like having that like you know I can find this somewhere else in this capacity you mm-hmm. know I think is is extremely helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, how have your I guess. Um, how have your your boundaries and expectations kind of changed as you've like progressed through this? Mm. I've gotten way better at communicating boundaries. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I mean, I, and I am talking about this like it's been easy and it's been wonderful, but there are really hard parts too. Like sure. all relationships are hard, right? Like, exactly. Kind of. yeah. yeah. And I get like very jealous sometimes. I wanted to ask about jealousy too. Yeah. But answers. <laughs> well, I've done like the scroll, like, oh, this is your other partner. Yeah. Let me scroll through the Instagram, you know? Um, but I've also like well, hung out with my partner's partners and had like a good time with them um so yeah but no i've just gotten better at like expressing my feelings and actually establishing boundaries not just with partners but with like roommates and friends it's helped with like your other relationships too totally yeah Yeah. it's helped with my communication just being direct because i think i naturally can be like oh yeah just kind of go along with what other people want because i want people to love me so bad yeah totally no yeah (laughs) people pleasing i can relate to that Mm -hmm. definitely definitely so you it, it sounds like you've been able to like use your boundary setting in relationships in different areas yeah, absolutely. I've yeah, I've been able to like communicate directly with um, roommates, like I said, yeah. um, at work a little bit better too. Well, honestly, sure. just like I don't know, being more in touch with what I need and not thinking I- I'm putting myself first, yeah. I guess, which yeah. feels really weird as a school counselor because I'm like I got to put the kids first all the time, but it's like you know I got to take care of myself, yeah, um, to absolutely. be able to show up. Yeah, I think to a certain extent you always kind of have to put yourself first to be healthy. Like there's moments where we might you know, sacrifice our needs for other people's needs. But in general, I think like it's probably more healthy than we like. Well, I think you can be more consistent if you're taking care of it. Yeah. It's like that whole, like mm-hmm. put your oxygen mask on before, right? Like, yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Yeah. yeah totally before <laughs> helping other people. Cause you can't help other people if you're not helping yourself. Mm-hmm. Yep. Care of yourself. Yep. Yeah. So, and something I, I had heard, uh, I'd heard from my boss was just like, you can't like, if you pull everybody into the boat, then the mm-hmm. boat's going to sink. So mm-hmm. you have to like make sure that you're in the boat and then yeah. you know, slowly like take care of other people. Totally. So. Yeah, yeah. Be on solid ground. Yeah. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. definitely. Well, the boundary thing makes sense to me because I do feel like, I don't, I'm guessing you could relate maybe like, do you feel like intimate relationships often are the hardest place to have good boundaries? Sure. Yeah. So it makes sense that like once you master it there, 
I don't know. I don't like the word master anymore, but <laughs> I, just said it and I, was like, I don't like that word anymore. <laughs> but, um, but like, yeah, once you like tackle that or feel like you got a grip on that, I feel like it makes sense why it would apply mm-hmm. to your other really because you're less invested. You're like, oh, my roommate's annoyed with me, whatever. Like, yeah. Not, like, yeah, I yeah, can take it not, or leave it, yeah, you know? Yeah. 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 I mean, obviously you want to get along with people, but you know. Yeah. So that makes sense to me. And that I think is really cool. I think that's also part of why I think I'm interested in exploring it is because I'm like, I'd like to have better boundaries and be more secure. And yeah, yeah. it seems like it's helped. You feel like it's helped you be, feel more secure as well. Yeah, definitely. It's at least made me realize like how anxious attachment has made me do mm. certain things and like had really loose boundaries with people because I'm like, please don't leave please me. Please don't leave. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, no, that's yeah, that makes sense. But now I feel kind of I don't know. I, I am like I would say I'm ethically non-monogamous now because polyamory implies having like really solid I don't know like relationships with everyone and I feel like for me I'm more kind of doing me and I'm having I don't know like friendships friends with benefits you know being honest with all the people that are involved yeah yeah Yeah. so what would you you kind of described like there being a difference between the two so like I'm I'm very new I'm very new to Mm. relationships let alone like (laughs) like alternative styles so it's like can you kind of explain that difference yeah for sure so at least for me and like other people might have a different definition but polyamory to me kind of implies that I have like really established um, relationships with statuses. So like my partners and I did live that way for a while where I had like two partners and I was like seeing both of them like twice a week. So Mm -hmm. it was like, you know, keeping up a schedule. Yeah, exactly. And that was a lot for me. Like I was dating someone who was married and they were like, Oh, we have a guest room now that you can stay in. And I was like, Whoa, like that's a big step. Like your wife is in the other room, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. yeah, So whereas now with um, ethical non-monogamy, E&M, I guess I'm just kind of more, like I said, doing me. I do have one partner that is more established. But other than that, I'm kind of like I have friends with benefits people. Mm. Um, I have people that are basically unlabeled, I guess. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So it it, it sounds like it's it's a little bit more free. You know, it's Mm -hmm. it's you know, you're you're not committing to like this is you're my number one. You're my it's not you're like organizing your top eight on MySpace. Yeah. (laughs) Well, that's a type of polyamory. That just aged you. (laughs) No, I'm not old. No, that gave me so much anxiety as a kid, the top eight. Because I'd be like, I fell off. What? Yeah, like, yeah, 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 exactly. your, it's like how you knew your friend was mad at you. You're all yeah. bad. <laughs> or your crush like yeah, drops yeah. you to number three. And yeah. like, what happened? Yeah, who's number two? <laughs> yeah. I remember agonizing over what song I was going to have on my page. That's yes. fair. That's <laughs> important. It is. It is. Well, I feel like it represents me. Exactly. <laughs> but yeah, some people do like a hierarchy poly style where they're like, this is my primary, this is my secondary. There's yeah. tertiary partners, you know. Yeah, it's the whole color wheel. Of, of, of a relationship. <laughs> and I've mostly been with relationship anarchists, which can basically be like, and I mean this like lovingly, like the, the slut way to be a polyamorous mm-hmm. person. Like I, I feel like I'm I'm a little slutty too. I own it. Mm-hmm. I think that's fine. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's just more like, oh, I go with the flow and relationships just kind of naturally evolve and we see what happens. Yeah. yeah. We don't yeah. label less people. Rules. Yeah. Less rules, sense. less labels, less pressure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It sounds it sounds like uh like like polyamory is with how would you describe it? Non monogamy? Mm-hmm. Ethical yeah, non-monogamy. Yeah, it sounds like ethical non-monogamy has been something that's like is is working out, and I I think that's really cool. You know, I appreciate you sharing that with us because it's like yeah. it's something that I feel like everybody hears about, but not everybody understands. So like, just sharing a little bit of a deeper meaning is yeah, been really appreciated. Yeah, and so a lot of positives that. too. I think too, which is cool. Yeah, definitely. Cool way to think about it. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, All right. Thanks for listening. Yeah, <laughs> we're gonna take a real quick commercial break. We don't do commercials, and I'm gonna get better at making these transitions. We'll be right back. It's a regular break. Regular ass break. <laughs> And welcome back to the smoke break. 
This part of the episode, I wanted to talk about uh, body image issues. Um, I've struggled in the past with an eating disorder. Um, I know different people have, have struggled with like dieting, diet culture. There's there's so many different layer, layers to mm-hmm. it. Uh, what would you say? How would you say you relate to it? Um, I relate to it in terms of I definitely have body dysmorphia. And then I've also experienced exercise bulimia. So like mm-hmm. exercise um, bulimia. Yeah, so it's, I was a runner, well, I am a runner. I've been a runner since I was 12, and I'm 32 now, so it's been a while. Um, But basically, exercise bulimia was, like, pushing myself, like, working out as much as I could and then trying to eat as little as possible, I guess. Mm, Okay. And just, like, lowering calorie intake. And it was definitely, like, a control situation as well as, like, body dysmorphia, like, wanting to be super skinny, Mm -hmm. but also just seeing how far I could push myself in my body. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Do you Mm -hmm. think that 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 came from media? Do you think it came from family? Um, I think it came from media and, to be honest, a little bit of, like, the healthcare industry, too, because I... Like a lot of people in my family are overweight and I was overweight as a kid. And I remember doctors being like, you have to lose weight. And so I was like, "Okay, I'll lose weight then. And then I was just kind of like, let's see how much we can lose, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's something that like may may have positively positively affected you. But the way that like you were interpreting it, it kind of became like a like you did it in an unhealthy way. Absolutely. Gotcha. Gotcha. Uh, Zoe, how do you relate to to things like that? Um, Well, I'm like from the I don't know branch of like fat positivity and like anti diet because I have been fat my whole life except for one time when I lost a hundred pounds and I learned a lot. I, my parents put me in like Weight Watchers when I was like eleven. Okay, and my whole family's all fucked up about our bodies, even though they're, my parents are not like superficial or like fancy. My mom's not doesn't even like wear makeup, but they mm-hmm. both had a healthy dose of internalized fat phobia and issues sure. with their bodies. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, I come at it from like a real kind of radical standpoint of like. Mm-hmm. Um, believing that like everybody deserves to exist in their body no matter what and like you know all that stuff but I uh, but I still struggle with body image like I've gained 10 pounds recently I was the same weight for like three years and I was like eating intuitively and not dieting and whatever and I just like stopped working out as much normally recently just because of whatever and uh yeah, and I'm like, okay, still got the issues, even though my brain is like super yeah. woke about it. Yeah. I really <laughs> so that's yeah. a thing that's been like on my mind lately. Is like, despite all the work I've done, it still bugs me. <laughs> sure, sure. Well, so, I, I like the and this is the first time I guess I've heard this is eating intuitively. Mm. Yeah, I mean, it's become like a buzzword now. Like diet companies use to pretend like it's really just eating like how we were eating before we were told that we were supposed to control our body size yeah, mm-hmm. or that one body size is what everybody's body is supposed to look like. Mm-hmm. For sure. No, I, I guess I just really, I really like that, that phrase because it's like, yeah, eating when you want to instead mm-hmm. of like, well, you already ate. So you, yeah. you can only have a snack now. You yeah. Know, mm-hmm. It just, it gets be, it becomes like very like controlling, you know, of mm-hmm. like it has to be this way. Otherwise you're not acceptable. Yeah. yeah. Well, and something I learned that I thought was really interesting too, is that our brains react to like mental, restriction in the same way that they react to um, actual restriction. So like if we're worried about food in our bodies, Mm -hmm. that can fuck with our natural like rhythm around food and body weight too. Because our bodies like they don't know the difference between uh, dieting and starving, you know, just learn a lot of really interesting shit. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. yeah, that's super interesting. But I've I've heard of exercise bulimia before because one of the podcasts that got me into this whole body positive world was 
um, the person identified as having mm. exercise bulimia. So mm-hmm. I learned a lot of, even though, and I, yeah, now I'm starting to wonder if maybe I did have an, like if dieting really can be an eating disorder in the same way. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. I, I could see that. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I was obsessed. Like it was all I thought about was calories. That yeah. doesn't seem, mm-hmm. that seems disordered. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A little bit, a little bit. Yeah, like it was, I didn't have energy for other stuff, you know? So, yeah, yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say like the way that I relate to it is, uh, I, I guess I had periods when, when I was younger, um, we were not, uh, rich so uh, food mm-hmm. was kind of we, we were not rich and we had a lot of people in the family yeah. so there would kind of end up being times where like uh, I would like ask for seconds and I would be shamed for it and mm. so I would like not eat and mm-hmm. at, at my house but then I would go to my friends houses and be like oh my god I need to fucking eat mm-hmm. and then my friends would be like god all you do is come over here and eat so I was just getting shamed twice mm. and so it just like mm-hmm. re- I can relate to that yeah it would <laughs> reinforce in my brain that like oh eating's bad and like mm-hmm. you know like this is something that you can control this is something you should be able to control you know mm-hmm. like so it's 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 trying to like unprogram that because like I, mm-hmm. I have friends that like I live with right now that are just like, hey, I brought home pizza. And I'm just like mm-hmm. in my brain, I was just like, they're going to be mad if you eat this, mm-hmm. you know, and mm-hmm. it's like still trying to work through that. Yeah. Know? Yeah. Yeah. So, no, I learned like like poverty can create similar issues that just like your parents telling you not to eat like like mine was the opposite it was just like my, my parents trying to control or you know and make me feel guilty but your body it can have the same impact on your brain and your body yeah so. yeah so and i would say like now um yeah poverty is probably a huge part because i'm just like listen mm-hmm. you can't save money on your bills but you know what you can save money on mm-hmm. you know so yeah. it's, i i know that that's unhealthy uh, i'm not suggesting it no. um but, but it's real but yeah, it, is it is real, real. it is real like you yeah. know when you feel like you don't have control in other areas you mm-hmm. try to take control in the ways that you can and mm-hmm. so for yeah. me it's kind of been like that's all right real. well maybe yeah. i just eat less this time yeah mm-hmm. no that's definitely a real thing yeah yeah. yeah. Um. So what's what's been your journey? So it sounds like yeah. you you kind of came to a realization that like this was this was something that might be a challenge or a barrier. Like what's what's mm-hmm. been the progress of that? Yeah. So I guess it's been complicated because I do really love running. Like there is a part of that that's really healthy for me. Sure. It's kind of like my meditative moments totally. where I get Definitely. to be by myself. Yeah. Um, and I really like, you know, the runner's high, that feeling and seeing my growth. Um, but it always, you know, could turn to being negative um, yeah. with the eating disorder mindset. So I guess I'm really proud of myself, actually, for chilling out on like having having to run every day or every other day. Because yeah. um, lately I've been like exercising in different ways that are more mild. Um, so I've been doing yoga more, okay. um, Pilates, things like that. Do you think that like hits like a similar place in your brain of like, I'm still exercising. So like, I don't necessarily need to run today. Exactly. Yeah. And I think the stretching aspect is really nice because I also like never really stretched that much, you know, and then I would get hurt. (laughs) Yeah. Running can be hard on your body, right? Like for sure. Yeah. And I like love the impact feeling if I'm being honest, like I'm a little masochistic, so that's nice, but, um, (laughs) but it would mean that I would get hurt a lot. Like I tore both of my hamstrings running, you know, just from stress. Um, really? Yeah, no, and I like ran a full season. I'm in high school with torn hamstrings because I didn't know about it. Oh my god, what a baller! You're just in pain <laughs> right? all the time. Uh, yeah, like sitting was so painful. I was like, I can't be in class right now. I hate this. Did you think you were just sore? I like went to the doctor and tried a lot of things, and they were like, Oh, I don't know. Like your glutes are tight. We just need to massage them. Like people just didn't know. And my coach was like, It's in so your head. They just wanted to touch yeah. your butt. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, so, yeah like a 
old men just wanted to touch yeah, my like, butt. Yeah, they, they were yeah. either being weird or they weren't <laughs> believing you. Like both sound problematic. Not totally unlikely. God. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. that's crazy. Yeah, but so how long were they torn for the whole season? Yeah, so it was yeah. like the whole cross country season. Um, it was about probably six months. Um, and it wasn't like huge tears. Like I could walk and everything. Yeah. I could still. run. Yeah, but, but still. But it hurt. Yeah. Yeah, talk about being disconnected from your body, right? Oh, yeah, no. And when you were talking about intuitive eating, Mm -hmm. I was thinking about how nice that is. I try to do that, too, because it means you're like paying attention to your body and you're in touch with it. And that's what that's been my journey is I'm trying to be more in touch with my body and running when it feels good Mm -hmm. and not doing it because I feel like I have to to look a certain way. Yeah, Yeah, Yeah. definitely. Well, and I think that like, you know, like kind of like going back to that is like it is a healthy action. It is like a healthy, you know, it it, Mm -hmm. it can be healthy, but it's like if you're doing anything in an unhealthy capacity, then it becomes you know like it has the potential to become toxic mm-hmm. yeah yeah, yeah so, exactly yeah oh go ahead no you go ahead no you go ahead <laughs> no you go ahead it just it makes me think about how like both of those things like movement and food are things that we were given a natural re- like we have a natural relationship to an intuitive yeah. relationship mm-hmm. but it's stolen from us by ideas that like we're good if we eat less or we're good if we exercise and if we can control our lives and like we're not going to get cancer and all these ideas mm-hmm. about like how we're in response like we're responsible for our like health and, and what i've learned is like we're actually like like our health is a lot more out of our control like public health mm-hmm. is a much more bigger like contributor to the, like you know where we live how much money we make what we can mm-hmm. eat what we have access to yeah. all that stuff but we get told that if we just do everything perfect yeah we can live forever or some shit you know or we can <laughs> look perfect and then everybody will love us and it's just mm-hmm. like not true and yeah. you waste yeah. so much of your energy right like yeah my afro looks amazing yeah. uh, nothing uh. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that was Correct. the biggest realization for me though was like the energy and time stolen trying to achieve this like false goal that doesn't really exist yes, and definitely. doesn't give you the thing that it says it's going to give you like yeah. that's how I felt when I lost 100 pounds I was like but I'm still like feel bad and I'm like yeah and now I look at pictures and I'm like wow you are distorted let's talk about uh, mm. body dysmorphia yeah. yeah like I thought I was so big when I was small now I look at the pictures I'm like you're tiny like yeah <laughs> so, yeah. yeah so I think there's some cool bigger that's what I was gonna say there's a lot of there's some interesting like bigger messages in that journey right like about mm-hmm culture and intuition like we were talking about yeah yeah mm-hmm. yeah well and like my mom has uh and i'm trying to describe this in a so forgive me if i don't do it perfectly i'm trying to describe this in a uh trauma-informed way my mom has struggled with her weight yeah mm-hmm. okay cool i just had to double i'm like am i am i'm good right uh my mom has struggled with her weight and that's that's been like a journey that like because i've never really had weight issues like watching mm-hmm. somebody who is you know dealing with that like you know, like she's often described herself. She's just like, I just feel like a body on a head or a head on a body, you mm-hmm. know, like I disembodied. I, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because because like the the weight is is physically causing her pain, like her both. She's had oh, knee surgeries, yeah. back surgeries. So it's like physically causing yeah. her pain. Mm-hmm. But like what people don't factor in is like that pain makes you not want to move, which mm-hmm. makes you put on weight. Which yeah. Causes, and and there's a lot of other stuff going on there, too, too. Exactly. Right? Exactly. So but it's 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 been interesting and, and heartbreaking mm-hmm. at the same time to to see her journey with this mm-hmm. and see you know like I, I just see my mom you know and that's yeah. that's the most heartbreaking part for me is like I see my mom I see this person that I love and yeah. all she sees is this body that the society has told her that she should hate and mm-hmm. you know in turn the person that she should hate mm-hmm. so yeah I yeah. think that's that's a really difficult part about it is that it's like it's not that you just hate your you don't you don't just dislike your body you dislike yourself for having that body mm-hmm. yeah totally mm-hmm. yeah well, and something I was thinking about Tuesday is like, but don't you feel like sometimes you're, you've mentioned like being self-conscious about being too thin sometimes, right? Like that's been a thing. 
Oh shit! You made it. You made me have a realization on the podcast. <laughs> God damn it! Zoe. But it's the same <laughs> system that makes us feel like we're supposed to look a certain way. Yeah. Some people are just really thin naturally. Some people yeah. are yeah. fat naturally, and uh, just the idea that like we're not supposed to look the way we look, and that we're yeah. doing something wrong because mm-hmm. we don't look a certain way. Yeah. And I think even thin people are affected oh, yeah. by fat phobia in that way of just like that our bodies are supposed to do something that yeah. they're just not supposed to just do what they do so uh <laughs> just so i can be more informed and I, I can admit ignorance um it's okay most people are misinformed about this kind of stuff honestly. sure sure Absolutely. um so we we actually had like a training at our work where we were talking about um uh body positivity uh-huh. and mm-hmm. somebody was just like the new word that we're using now is fat and uh-huh. that's okay uh-huh. and then but at the same time like some people were comfortable with it and like oh, okay and some people were uncomfortable with it I got a good answer to this Are you, you want to know I'm ready I'm I think curious. it's like it's a sim- it's just like any word that we get to, it's like a word that you take back so like mm-hmm. same thing I call myself fat and like people will be like the person I'm dating he's like you're not fat Zoe you're thick and I'm like okay well in the 90s I was fat okay so yeah. but, but mm-hmm. the point is it's like uh, like I don't want to c- compare like you know oppressions but you know like like you know using it's like being black yeah well no yeah. it's not like being black but, like, but using certain words that were used to oppress and then now using Mm -hmm. them to empower yourself or to take them back so they don't have the power. That's how I think it is. So Mm -hmm. I think in the same sense of where like, I'm not going to call you, uh, you know what I mean? I won't call you. I mean, I think they're different though because I do think at a certain point, like you can call your fat friends fat if they tell you to call you fat. So I think it depends on the thing, right? Like I'm never, I'm never going to call you (laughs) just because it's a word you may have taken back. But but it it is to understand like the power thing Mm -hmm. there. That's kind of how I think about it. But then I realized the example didn't follow through. Because <laughs> no, I'm not ever going to do that, even if you told me I can't. But yeah, friends say it's okay. But I think that's what it is. Or it's like, in a song. If someone tells you that they identify as fat, then it's probably okay to yeah. identify them that way. But yeah. only if you're doing it because you understand that it's an identifier, that's, not like a deg- degrading yeah. fatness is not yeah. bad. That's positivity. Yeah. yeah. So I think probably mm-hmm. like have a conversation. But like you could say, like if someone was like identifying as fat, like, do you want me to identify you that way? Like if someone asked what you look yeah. like, or is would that you be comfortable? Yeah. 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 But then you might have to explain to that person, hey, just so you know, it's like I'm not saying that to be negative. That's how they identify. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe something like that. But yeah, it's complicated. But yeah. But, yeah. yeah. but I think it's about power mm-hmm. and like oppression. Like and, owning it. Yeah. 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 No, I, I wish that honestly, like fat positivity was a thing when I was growing up. Damn. Like, I don't Damn. know. Are y'all millennials? Like yes. yep. 90s yep. babies? 30, 31. 84, okay. Yeah. 32. Millennial. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was a bad time. Yeah. For, like rough. being a, being a fat person, yeah. honestly. Real rough. I mean, yeah. it's still hard, but yeah, it was. Yeah. There was a lot less compassion for yeah, it. It took mm-hmm. me a long time to like unpack all that shit too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So how do you think we can be more compassionate towards ourselves and our bodies? Mm, that's a really good question. I mean, like anything else, I think like surrounding yourself with people that are also doing that is really helpful. Um, People that see you for who you are. Um, I don't have a lot of time to get into it, but I also wanted to bring up like gender identity as part of this. Oh, yeah. sure, I know sure. I know for me as a non-binary person, I always like I, I love anime and I like always wanted to be an anime twink, but they're like the skinniest guys, you know? Really? Right. Um, so that, that's another thing I've had to work through. But I guess yeah. just seeing yourself accurately and opening your mind to like different types of possibilities, because like an anime person could be fat, could uh-huh. be thick, could still be the hero, uh-huh. you know? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, exactly. I'm actually. Actually, yeah, that's that's actually super interesting that you bring the the gender part of it, you know, because mm-hmm. like sometimes like like male or mask presenting people are allowed, quote unquote, I'm using fucking air quotes mm-hmm. if you're not listening to this, uh, more allowed to be a certain way, you know, like you can mm-hmm. have a dad bod and you're like, well, I mean, that's kind of cool, you know, yeah. but it's like mm-hmm. if you're if you're a woman of the same height with the same weight, like it's like, well, OK, yeah. it's, 
Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think I think gender also does play a, a role a role in that. It's cultural mm-hmm. too. That's the other thing. Body ideals are cultural mm-hmm. too. Yeah, like, yeah, some, culture. Yeah, yeah, because some in some places like being having a, a higher weight means you're eating better. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's kind of a sign of like of of having money. So mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, no, I, I think it's a really complex issue. But yeah, I thanks really, for bringing up that nuance because that is important. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I understand. I think it's a it's a really complex issue, but I I really do appreciate you you know sharing your perspective on that and your story. So yeah, yeah. of course. Yeah, thank you so much. Thank you both for sharing as well. Yeah, 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 absolutely. All right, we're gonna take one more break, and we will be right back with the smoke break. Not a commercial, just a not a commercial. <laughs> and welcome back to the smoke break. I'm your host Joel Pal Zane here with Zoe Schwartz, hello, and Mac McGee. Hey. All right, so uh, rounding out this entire episode, we're gonna talk about consistency. Um, I know what you guys are thinking, but Zane, you haven't posted any clips for a really long time, and that's why consistency <laughs> is important. Um, but yeah, I, th- I think consistency is is something that is a little bit harder to manage, you know, depending on how you're feeling. Um, mm-hmm. What would you say your relationship with consistency is? Uh, I mean, I honestly feel like it kind of fits into the like the diet stuff, like the, the perfectionism stuff, like having to do something to do, you know, to be whatever. And so I think I've really tried to like embrace like gray area around like creating mm-hmm. new habits but i have adhd and so i'll plan to do something every day for three months and never do it so i don't know it's hard yeah, yeah. Like, mm-hmm. um, one thing i noticed is that and maybe this is an adhd thing but like i'll when i get into something like i will mm-hmm. but then when i get out of it it's just like the habit of being out of it is just as like addicting as or like mm-hmm. reinforcing as the like once you're into it, yeah. So I've, I've and I yeah. feel like I'm in a downs like with exercise, for example. I'm in a reverse one, and now I'm like, God damn it, I want to. I think about it all the time, mm-hmm. but I don't do it, you know. So I, yeah. So it's hard, and I think uh, nuance is important. I guess is what or uh, like less rigidity. I think is something mm-hmm. that, yeah. that mm-hmm. because then you don't feel like you have to, like with exercise when you feel like you have to do it or it's tied to something that you have to achieve. It loses its natural intrinsic value. So I think trying to figure out a way to like be consistent because you like something, not because you're punishing yourself. Mm -hmm. That's my challenge. Definitely. What about you, Beck? Yeah. Yeah, Being intuitive about it. I resonate with. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was thinking about exercise since we just segued from that. Mm -hmm. And I feel like for me, again, I'm trying to retrain my mindset of being like, I want to run because like I want to. And for the feeling, I'm not because I have to. Yeah. So it is, it's like a gray area walking the line between, um, like listening to myself and my body, but also like maintaining habits, I guess. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I actually like so I haven't been running much lately, like I said, okay. and I, I started running again last week a little bit more. Okay, And I like recognized my progress right away. Like it was mm. like I did it like two days in a row and I was like, oh, 30 seconds like faster on my 5K, nice. you know, yeah. so yeah. it's really nice and rewarding to see that. Like mm-hmm. when you I'm just consistent for a little bit and I'm already seeing gains. So yeah, yeah. that's cool. Yeah. Well, that doesn't always happen. Well, and maybe breaks are valuable for that reason, too. Right. Because like, sometimes mm. they give it like a I don't know, just mixes it up or. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. yeah, no, I, I definitely uh, kind of like re- I, I relate to that just because it's like the, there'll be times where like I take a break and I'm just like, oh, man, I haven't done it for a while. I haven't been consistent. I haven't been showing up. I'm probably really bad at this thing. But when you can kind of like show back up and be like, OK, like I'm still good at this. And if mm-hmm. I keep doing this, I'll be better at it. Like mm-hmm. looking at it in that way, as opposed to like I didn't do it. Therefore, I'm not as good as somebody who kept doing it. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I and I think something that's kind of gotten brought up throughout this episode is just the idea of like intuitive, you know, mm-hmm. intuitive eating and intuitive exercise, intuitive, you know, uh, like perform, like it's, it's, it's doing it when you, when you want to. And sometimes on the days you don't want to, yeah, yeah. but like for the most part, because you want to. Exactly. Yeah. No, it, it is. It's tricky, mm-hmm. but that's a really, the way you just explained it is exactly how I feel about it. I'm like, it is important to, to 
work on consistency, but how do you do it without it being like a yeah. falling and like crossing that boundary of, oh, now I'm getting weird about it. Yeah. yeah. Now I'm starting to beat myself up when I don't do it. You exactly. Know? And yeah. I, I like that you bring up the beating yourself up when you don't do it. Yeah. Is that something mm-hmm. that you, you catch yourself doing sometimes? Yeah, definitely. I was actually interested to hear how y'all handle this with comedy. Sure. Because that's hard for me sometimes is I have days where I'm like, I just need to stay in, but I'm like, oh, I haven't been to a mic in a few days. Yep. Like I need to I totally keep being st- out there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yep. what are your experiences like? I can relate to that. Yeah, sure, for sure. sure. Yeah, I'm no. curious to hear. I, you know what? Actually, the way I've handled it fits right into the way we've been talking about this is that I uh, think I lean, like sometimes I'll lean too hard into like, I don't want to go. I don't want to go. And you know how they say like, that first couple, you know, just put the shoes on and start yeah. going. Around. It's yeah. like that with comedy. Like sometimes I really don't want to go, and then I make myself go, and then I'm like, I love this. I'm glad I went. Yeah, I wish, and I'm glad I didn't li- li- like feed into the voice that was like, just stay home. It's been dark since four. You know. <laughs> yeah, right. That's fair. That's yeah. fair. Yeah. yeah. So I think it's a but. I also think some days you're just not feeling it, and then mm-hmm. if you bomb that day, you might feel way more whack yes. about your comedy. So yep. it's important to be sensitive if there's certain days where you really do need to stay home. So that's my that's been my thing is try to push yourself sometimes even when you don't want go mm-hmm. but also notice when it's a give yourself permission to stay home sometimes when you think you should go to i think yeah so that's been but i struggle with it what about you Zane? yeah yeah um i i kind of took like a i would say like a month and a half off mm-hmm. um and i'm just now like getting back of like being like okay there's there's this many week how many of these do i want to make it to mm-hmm. and uh i was you know i started on sunday hit one sunday hit one monday hit one tuesday hit one wednesday and then thursday came around and i was just like I think it's okay if I just relax, mm-hmm. oh, you know, yeah. like, like this is more consistent than I have been. And mm-hmm. even just recognizing that pro that mm-hmm. progress of like, mm-hmm. this is more consistent than I have been. I should be proud of that instead of being like, but you didn't go out Thursday, Friday. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, but I, I do, I do catch myself sometimes, you know, beating myself up of like, mm-hmm. you know, well, you could have went out tonight or you decided to stay home and smoke weed, you know, mm-hmm. so it's, it's, mm-hmm. but I, I, the thing that I think helps me be more consistent is like taking the time to myself to like write, you know, because it's yeah, like, cause then you're excited to go practice. Right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you, you can, you can reframe what consistency looks like. Am I consistently going out to mics or am I consistently working on comedy? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I do that sometimes. Like I'll have a meeting with my friend and we'll just, we're like, we'll hang out and we'll write. Mm-hmm. And then that, because we're both like, oh, I don't want to go to a mic. And mm-hmm. then we're like, well, at least we did something. Towards exactly. comedy. Yeah. So well, and it is, it's a multifaceted like performance art, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause it is like doing it on stage, but there is also that more like interior, you know, like the writing process that you have to do. Mm-hmm. Yep, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. What's what's been your experience with that? Um, similar to you two, to be honest. Um, definitely. I mean, I'm not hitting mics the way you have been lately. That I'm really was just impressed. this one week, <laughs> and I have never done that probably for the last year. So I appreciate the the flowers. <laughs> yeah, no, that's great, Zane. Um, but yeah, I mean, I I feel like for me, I'm like, oh, I want to go to a mic at least like two times a week or yeah. three times a week. That's kind of where I'm at now. Yeah, and then I just a, pick the ones I want. Yeah, well, I it's do it more, more in the manageable. summer. Yeah, I was gonna more say, manageable. and the time you can of year, keep being consistent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I thought you seasons. There's seasons. That's another. Yeah. Thing. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, there's just sometimes like where it's just it's either so nice outside that nobody comes to open mics or it's so shitty outside that nobody comes to open mics. Mm-hmm. So it's like if you're going out on those times, like you have to go out with the expectation of like I'm practicing in front of my friends. Yeah. You know? So it's like you almost have to adjust your uh, expectations, like totally. even even if you are consistent, you know, yeah. it's like you're going to be doing this all the time. You have to expect that it's not going to be awesome all of the mm-hmm. time. Yeah. And then it can be hard to tell if a joke is hitting. because It's like, well, these are just people who've heard it a million times. Exactly. They know yeah, me. Exactly, yeah. Well, exactly. Yeah. That's another thing that somebody pointed out to me is like, figure out if you're not going to go all the time, try to decide which mics feel like more valuable. Like, for yeah. example, like, I don't know, like Montevilla, there's always a, like, there's just always a lot of people in there. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you're going to get more of a reaction. There's more because yep. it's a local bar with a bunch of 
like locals that hang out there. Yeah. Yep. So mm-hmm. I think that if you're going to like more bang for your buck thinking about. Yeah. And not that it's not valuable sometimes to go bomb in front of your peers or make your peers laugh. But there it is like it's like more pressure and less pressure at the same time when it's just other comics. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I agree. Thinking about which mic is actually going to give you like feedback in a way that matters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like yeah. Enough of people to pull to decide if it's funny. Right. If there's only 10 people in the room, it's like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To try a new joke and be like, that sucks. I'm never doing that again. And then yeah. it's actually funny and you should yeah. try it again, you know? So. Well, yeah. And I, I like, I, you know, like I was saying, it's just like, yeah, adjusting, adjusting your expectations of like, you know, hey, if I'm going to go to the, if I'm going to be out every night, like some of these are going to be just in front of comics, you know, mm-hmm. and like recognizing that my consistency is in showing up, not in performing well. Yeah. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's just a rep, right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. No, so that definitely balance makes probably sense. balance is probably the key, right? That's balance. Uh, I hate that word. I hate that. Mm-hmm. Word. I feel like it's hard that's what to we're achieve. About though, I think is what we're talking about, like finding a balance and being maybe and being strategic about which mics yeah. you go to, mm-hmm. yeah. and you don't have every day to go to mics. You know, yeah. yeah. I get burnt out on comedy sometimes when I go every day too. I'm just, yeah. I'm like, I like that's these. why I stopped. Yeah, yeah. It's like <laughs> same I got burnt jokes. Out. Yeah, and then, I, and then I'm like, I'm not funny. Ugh, whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. you need a little like breaks a reset yeah well you mm-hmm. you can you can think that yeah you can you can kind of make that association in your mind like oh i don't think i'm funny because like i've i've been telling these jokes you know mm-hmm. like and, and they didn't hit this time so like maybe it's you know you you can kind of build that up in your head but i think like taking those breaks even if you are telling the same jokes if you told if you took a break still kind of new when you come back you know yeah. uh-huh. <laughs> people are like oh, i haven't heard that in a minute yeah, yeah. that is mm-hmm. funny mm-hmm. yeah it's- can feel fresh again yeah. yeah yeah exactly yeah so uh how do you think is a uh, is a good way to to be consistent but also have balance Mm-hmm. I'm I'm still figuring that out if I'm being honest. Sure, and it could uh, be in more than just comedy. Yeah, no, I'm kind of I'm thinking of like work right now. Sure. So I'm a middle school counselor, mm-hmm. and um, it's definitely a really emotionally taxing job. Like yes. doing a lot of suicide screens. Um, you know, and Zoe, you might relate. Well, both of you would relate to this. Um, dealing with the systemic issues that we yes. face and that our families and students face. Yeah. It's especially re- in school. Yeah, it's really hard, and sometimes it's like, yeah, like your life outside of school is really, really hard I don't know what that's like but I'm here for you mm-hmm. and I'm yeah. sorry I can't like change all of this yeah, yeah totally yeah. um but anyways I guess for me yeah like showing up like just showing up every day even if I'm messy like cuz I I have days where like I mean I'll be honest like my dad passed away a year ago and like the anniversary of his death was recent and I'm I've just sorry. been thank you but yeah, yeah I've just been living a little unhinged more recently or yeah. I've been staying up late you know hanging out with people I've been drinking too much mm-hmm. you know I'm getting that under wraps now but I've been showing up to work you know four hours of sleep and I'm like well you know I'm still here for the kids mm-hmm. doing yeah. my best but you're coping and you know with what you're dealing with too yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. but I think it's it's important to, to you know recognize that you are staying consistent yeah. even mm-hmm. through the messy parts you mm-hmm. know and that's that's for I feel like a lot of people is like it's easy to be consistent when everything's going right mm-hmm. you know everything's fucking awesome yeah i'll be fuck yeah i'll be there i'll yeah. be two more places after that yeah, too yeah, you know yeah. but it's like shit gets hard and then it's like okay how what is my ability to show up even though this is difficult so mm-hmm. i i mean i i can't speak for your students but i'm really grateful that you've been able to like continue to show up for them in that mm-hmm. way and then hopefully you're able to show up for yourself and just have more compassion for like yeah. what you're going through because i'm sure you have a lot of compassion for other people but i know myself i have a lot more compassion for other people than i do myself Yeah, no, definitely. And with that, you know, comes compassion fatigue, which that that feeling of just like showing up for people consistently and consistently, but not, you know, having enough time to to show up for yourself, essentially. So that's like a balance for me with consistency is I sometimes need to take days off, too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Especially in those types of jobs, like Mm -hmm. where you're where you're like holding space for other people's 
rough stuff all day long. Like, Definitely. Well, and something else I thought about too also is like, I think it's okay to show up imperfect because I think it teaches, especially like when you're in a teaching or, you know, like a guiding position or a helping position, it's important to show people that like, you don't have to always show up perfectly mm-hmm. in order to be valuable and still deserve yeah. to take up space or whatever or exist in the spaces you exist in. And I think uh, there's too much perfection in like the idea of a lot of the fields, you know, like I think this idea that we're going to be perfect or we're going to be sane or we're going to be whatever, you know, like, yeah, I think, yeah, yeah, I just think there's value. Like same thing with being a parent. Like I think it's valuable Mm -hmm. as a parent when you fuck up to say sorry to your kid and acknowledge instead of just being like, I make the rules, you know, like Mm -hmm. it's a valuable lesson to teach young people that uh, we aren't always our best selves sometimes. And that's okay. Yeah. Yeah, That we can be messy Mm -hmm. um, and do our best and that our best can look different every day. Totally. I think that's really valuable, especially Mm -hmm. in mental health. Yeah. yeah, well, I mean, especially with like consistency, you know, because mm-hmm. it's like you think consistency is the best that was yesterday. Yeah. And mm-hmm. it might just be you showing up. Just showing mm-hmm. up. Yeah. Definitely. Totally. Yeah, no, that's a really good way yeah. of thinking about it. No, that makes me think of comedy and working out, yeah. you know, like, oh, today my time is worse, but, you know, I'm I'm tired or yeah. my head is not in it or yeah. whatever. Yeah. yeah, but I I did the thing, you mm-hmm. know, like because yeah. I, I feel like a lot of times, you know, like especially like even in the past and, you know, that might it might even have considered uh excuse me, contributed why I haven't shown up in like the last month is just like, I've been emotionally messy. And it's like, I, in my mind, it's easier to not show up messy than it is to like show up messy and have to be like, Hey, sorry, today's like, I'm just not in a joking mood or, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's for me, it's easier to not show up than it is to show up messy. And it's, I appreciate that reminder of just like, you know, Hey, like, you made it here today. You made it out. You mm-hmm. told your jokes. Some of them hit. Some of them mm-hmm. didn't. But like, you know, people people appreciate, you know, somebody who can show up and not be their, you know, quote unquote, perfect self. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Well, excellent. Mac, thank you so much for joining yeah, us. It awesome. has been a treat mm-hmm. talking to you and getting to know you better. So, yeah, we really appreciate you joining us. Yeah, thank you so much. Oh, yeah. Thank you so much, Zane and Zoe, for having me. I've wanted to be on this. So I'm, I, I feel like a celebrity right now (laughs) honestly you made it you made it we made it in fact so yeah yeah. thank you so much for joining us that has been the smoke break uh we will see you next time thank you all so much thanks bye keep you